Are you a parent? Have you ever felt the weight of responsibility for shaping the life of another little human being? If so, then then this podcast is for you. In this episode of The Bible in Life, I'm breaking with what we normally do, and we're going to look at a biblical view of children and how that should shape the way we raise them. Hey, welcome, friends, to another very special episode of the Bible on Life podcast. Before we jump into the topic for today, just wanted to say thanks to those of you who are patrons and supporters of the Bible on Life podcast. And if you're not and you want to be and you would love to jump on to supporting the show, man, you can go over to my Patreon page. The link to that is in the show notes below. And uh, you can support this show financially and not only support the Bible on Life podcast, but really support the whole ministry that uh, of Bible and life and Bible teaching, be it via YouTube, be it uh, online courses or whatever it is. So check that out if you're interested in supporting the show. And for those that are patrons of the Bible and life, there's a special extra premium podcast every month that comes out just wrestling with various topics and dealing with other issues. So if you become a patron, you get the you get access to a special patron-only podcast every month. All right. In this episode of the, the Bible and Life, I'm breaking with what I had on the schedule and doing something different. Um, and I'm doing that because, man, I'm a grandpa now, and it's just crazy. My my little granddaughter, Violet, is approaching three months old, and she is absolutely adorable. I wish I could hold up a picture for you, and you could see how cute she is through uh, through the radio, but that's not possible. So if you want to check that out, you can go to Facebook, or you can go to Instagram. You can see pictures of my family, and uh, I have my son, and daughter-in-law, and little Violet, my granddaughter. She is precious, and she's just about three months old, and we've been really enjoying getting to know her and spending time with her. In fact, as I was actually preparing my thoughts to record this episode, my daughter-in-law texted me a picture of little Violet this morning, and so, man, really just enjoying that. And then, not only that, granddaughter number two is set to make her debut any day now. Uh, In fact, I'm actually recording this podcast a couple days earlier than I normally do, just just because I want to be prepared for when that day happens, because literally it could happen at any point in time. And so we'll have granddaughter number two showing up soon. And uh, that just got me to thinking about um, parenting and being a parent and raising kids and the weight of responsibility that that is. And uh, for me personally, I grew up in a good home, but I didn't have a dad around. And I certainly wouldn't say I grew up with a, a, a solid Christian example for for what a Christian family should look like, particularly what a Christian father should look like, since I didn't have a, a dad around at all. And so as I was planning to get married and planning someday to, to be a, a father, it, it just made me really pause and reflect on what is a Christian husband and what is a Christian father supposed to be at all anyhow? And uh, so I decided to plan ahead, and and I, as a college student who was engaged and newly married, 
I began listening to Focus on the Family Radio, the ministry of uh, Dr. James Dobson and his team, and started listening to um, radio broadcast about being a Christian husband, being a Christian father, raising kids, and all of that. I started reading books on the topic well in advance of having kids, just so I could actually figure out what am I supposed to be doing, and what's the goal, and what's the target, and... Um, and and one of my all-time favorite books uh, on uh, parenting from a Christian perspective is called Shepherding a Child's Heart. I love that book because it's rooted in biblical theology of children, biblical theology of how people change and and all of that. And it's also rooted in just wise practice from somebody with a lot of experience with um, his own kids as well as uh, kids of uh, in a public school where he he worked, and so that book was just really formative and and thought provoking to me. I, I gained a lot from that. I'd recommend that to you. And and as I reflected on all, all that for myself, as I as my wife and I entered into parenting, and now having grandkids and having my own kids, raising kids, and just thinking about all that, I thought, man, I I just want to do a special podcast on a biblical view of kids and how that ought to shape our parenting. Um, All right, and so that's going to be the topic for today. And so if you're a parent, if you're a mom, or if you're a dad, if you're right in the throes of raising kids and, and wrestling with what am I supposed to be doing and the, the struggle and the tension and the difficulty and the exhaustion and the frustration and feeling like you're, you're just getting it figured out. And then all of a sudden the kids move to a different stage and now there's new challenges and you're like, ah, what in the world just happened? And man, that's parenting. And it's one of the uh, most demanding, most frustrating, most delightful, most beautiful. Uh, it's just this complex mixture of all these different experiences that somehow in God's great wisdom, he would entrust us with little human beings and and then say, now, in partnership with me, raise these little human beings in such a way that they could be the kind of person they were created and designed to be. Man, what an honor. What a responsibility, right? And so I just wanted to just give some of my thoughts on that um, and reflections on specifically this idea of a biblical view of children and how that ought to shape our parenting. And so let's jump in. The, the way I want to approach this is I want to talk about really like two great truths about kids, two almost like pillars, truth pillars between which our parenting has to operate. Two real biblical truths about, about children that, that really ought to kind of set the parameters for and give some influence to the direction of our parenting. The first great truth about kids shows up in Mark chapter 10. Let me read this to you. Mark chapter 10. In Mark 10, um, people are bringing children to Jesus, all right? Familiar scene, if you're familiar with the Gospels, people are bringing their kids to Jesus, and Jesus is going to bless the kids. But just listen to what's actually said here. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 says this, And they were bringing children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them and bless them. And the disciples rebuked them. The disciples um, 
rebuked them for bringing their kids to him because Jesus is such an important person. He's got more important things to do. Kids in that culture, and really in a lot of cultures, are supposed to be seen but not heard, kind of kept out of the way. Um, you know, the teacher's got more important people and more important things to deal with than with the kids. Well, listen to how Jesus responds to that. Jesus, when he saw it, was indignant. He was upset. Why? Because of what he thinks about kids, because of what he knows about kids and how he feels about kids. So he's upset. He's indignant by this. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. For to such as these, to these people like these kids belongs God's kingdom. Truly, I say to you, whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took the kids in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now, what I want you to notice there is um, how Jesus blesses these kids. He defends the worth and importance of the kids in Uh, before the audience, before even his disciples, he defends the honor and the value and the worth of um, the the children, and, and he blesses them. He even says that these children have traits that we should imitate, that these children are valuable, they're important, and they have qualities that those of us who want to enter into Jesus' kingdom should imitate. These kids are valuable and important. And so that's one great truth within the scriptures, repeatedly affirmed in various places about kids, that um, God values kids. God loves kids, that children are important and valuable and worth paying attention to, and even have qualities that we can learn from and imitate from. Children are valuable, important, and have really valuable qualities. One great truth. All right. The other great truth that really sets the contrast to that is found in Proverbs 22.15. The first half of Proverbs 22.15 says this. It says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Um, And in the context of Proverbs, foolishness doesn't refer to childishness. Okay, In the context of Proverbs, foolishness refers to the inability to make good and wise choices. Foolishness refers to... um, someone who hasn't learned the skill of living yet. Characteristics of fools and Proverbs are things like this. Fools don't fear God. Fools are lazy. Fools have hot tempers. Fools can't control their tongues. Fools and Proverbs lack self-discipline. Fools and Proverbs are unwilling to listen to advice. In the context of Proverbs and in the context of the whole of Scripture, The fool is a person who is the epitome of being ungodly, and they don't have the skill of living. So, when it says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, what it's saying is latent within the the operating system of a child are tendencies to go against God, tendencies to do things that are self-destructive and destructive to other human beings. Um, Bound up in the heart of a child is laziness. Bound up in the heart of a child is having a hot temper. Bound up in the heart of a child is self-will and uh, refusal to listen to good advice. Bound up in the heart of a child is the inability to control their tongue. 
Bound up in the heart of a child is a lack of self-control. That's what's bound up in the heart of a child. And so here you have these two great truths about children that ought to shape our parenting. On one hand, Children are valuable, they're important, they're worth paying attention to, and they even have qualities that are um, worth imitating. On the other hand, foolishness, immoral willfulness, ungodly willfulness is bound up in the heart of a child. And we who are parents then need to figure out our parenting plan and our parenting strategy um, with both those parameters, both those great truths in mind. And what that means is this, is as valuable and important as children are, they are not capable of training themselves. They need direction. They need guidance. Um, They need correction. They need instruction. If you let them go their own way and just kind of figure out how to do life on their own, um, like the ultimate extreme of what in our culture has become called free-range parenting, where you just let kids kind of go your own way. You don't even really want to instruct them. You don't even want to teach them. You just kind of want them to figure out their life on their own. If you let them go that way, what Proverbs is telling us, what Scripture is telling us is they're Um, more than likely going to go in a bad path. They're going to go down a a way that is foolish and destructive to their humanity. And so um, children are valuable and worthwhile, but they can't train themselves. And so when the scriptures tell followers of Jesus to bring your children up in the nourishment and admonition and instruction of the Lord in Ephesians 6, 4, when it says that, we are, we are doing that with these two great truths about children in mind. And the goal is, the goal is, speaking specifically to those of us who are followers of Jesus, the goal is not just to make good church kids. The goal is not just to get your, your kids saved, right? That's not the goal. Uh, biblically, when we understand what it means to be human and we understand these truths about children, the goal, as Proverbs states it, is to impart wisdom to them. When it says, bring them up in, in Ephesians in the admonition and instruction of the Lord, that's imparting wisdom, And wisdom in the Bible refers to knowledge about what it means to to be alive and the skill of living. If I could just give a phrase for what biblical wisdom is, biblical wisdom equals the skill of living. And that's what we're supposed to impart to our kids. Um, Our job as parents is to impart to our kids the skill of living, biblical wisdom. And, and here's some really, really good news for you. Colossians chapter 2 describes Jesus this way. Colossians chapter 2 says, Jesus is the treasure chest of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the treasure chest of wisdom and knowledge. So if you as a parent feel overwhelmed at times, like, I don't have wisdom. How am I supposed to impart that to my kids? Man, I'm not even sure that I've mastered the skill of living. How am I supposed to impart that to my kids? Well, you impart that to your kids by pointing them to Jesus. Jesus is the treasure chest of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the expert at life. Jesus is the 
paramount and preeminent human being. You want to know what it looks like to be the kind of human being you were designed and created to be? Well, you look at Jesus. He is the epitome. He is the quintessential human being. Um, In him, we see the image of God fleshed out perfectly and completely. And so those of us who are made in God's image, but that image has been marred and twisted and tainted by living in a broken, fallen world, where we look at Jesus and we imitate him. And we do the same thing for our kids. We point our kids to Jesus. We show them Jesus. We help them learn from Jesus. We help them get attached to Jesus, um, who is the expert at the skill of living. And as we do that, then that foolishness that's bound up and latent in their heart begins to be replaced by wisdom. Um, And those qualities that are worth imitating because they're made in the image of God and the kingdom of heaven belongs to such of these begin begin to really grow and come full flower. And our kids become good, wise human beings, the kind of human beings God created them to be. That's the goal. The goal is to help, uh, uh, the goal is to create wise human beings. And look, as parents, just to, to take some of the pressure off, your job is not to complete their sanctification, right? Your job is not to complete their holiness. Your job is to get them on the road of sanctification. Your job is to get them on the path to becoming fully and completely human again. You don't have to perfect it. You don't have to finish it. You just have to get them on the road to it so that they're walking with Jesus day by day. And Jesus is capable of helping them learn the skill of living. Man, that just takes some of the pressure off, all right? Now, I've got a lot of thoughts on specific strategies and specific skills. I've got a lot of opinions and some experience and some trial and error from that. Uh, Don't have time in this podcast to deal with all of that. Uh, I'm going to put a link in the notes, uh, the show notes for this episode down below to a sermon I preached just a, a couple months ago at a local church here in town where it's got more of my thoughts on some of the strategies employed and some of the things to keep in mind. It's uh, it's uh, just audio, not video, but you can check that out, listen to that sermon as well. So I'll put that in the notes below and give you some more, more details. Let me just say this as we kind of wrap up these thoughts is that with all that in mind uh, and the responsibility in mind, you can't drift into being a good parent. You have to be intentional. You've been entrusted with this precious, valuable, important little human being, but this human being um, has some latent tendencies toward immoral foolishness, immoral willfulness. And so you can't just hope it all works out in the end. You need to be strategic and intentional as a parent. You need to kind of plan and think through your goals and your agenda and your strategy as a parent. You need to think through and be in conversation with your spouse about how to go about that and try to figure out the way, the best way to go. If you're a single parent, man, I have so much sympathy for you. I was raised by a single mom, and once I became a parent, I just had so much more appreciation for what my mom did and for the work uh, that it takes to be a single parent. And and so grace to you for that. And uh, hopefully you can find people in your life who will come around you and support you and come around your kids and support your kids um, as part of their, their spiritual family in Christ. But we just as parents, we've got to be intentional and we've got to know 
We're, we're kind of flying by the seat of the, our pants half the time. We're learning as we go. Run to Jesus yourself. Seek wisdom from him. You know, James chapter 1, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. He's not going to look at you for being, you know, something wrong with you because you don't have it figured out. He wants you to come to him and look for wisdom. And so seek the scriptures. Uh, look to wise people in your life who, who you look up to the way they've raised their kids and, and pick their brain and ask for advice and be intentional as a parent, because you've been entrusted with a precious, valuable gift, and you need to shape this person to be the very kind of human being that Jesus is and that God created that little person to be. All right, I hope that at least gives some direction and some shape to your your parenting, to those of you who are in the midst and in the throes of raising kids right now. God bless you guys. It's such a holy, wonderful, demanding, challenging, um, character-building endeavor. So God bless you with great grace, great patience, and great wisdom as you raise your children in the wisdom of Jesus. We'll see you next time on The Bible in Life.